but yeah, they they sort of <laughs> when the CISO Titanic went under, they just grabbed on to whatever door they could find, and yeah. someone over at Verve just likes the McElroys and was like, uh, we "We'll take that? it." <laughs> none of the none of the rest of them. The rest of CISO, <laughs> you can, you can keep hanging out over there. The rest uh, of your shows produced by like. <laughs> respectable people who have made a name for themselves no but these no thank you no three, thank you no thank you three goofy ass brothers that just fuck around for six episodes yeah i, I want we that. at verve uh do not want bajillion dollar properties we at verve <laughs> do not want or no yeah we do not want the pistol shrimps uh documentary we only <laughs> want this six episodes of mabim bam uh, yes. But, you know, uh, but the McElroy <laughs> brothers still might find a second life on Peacock. Yes. Six seasons in the movie? <laughs> yeah. It's second. Uh, yeah, you could, you could do the Adventure Zone for six seasons. So I don't remember oh, how many arcs are in that first saga, but it's like ten or something like it's, that. It's a lot. It's a lot. They're and you could cut three. You could cut a couple of those down to some chunkable episodes. You know, uh, yeah. how long does Pedals to the Metal really need to be <laughs> sure that's uh that's uh, uh i'm not i'm not you know i'm pro pedals to the metal i'm just saying you don't need yeah, right you don't right. need you a don't, full season of television devoted you don't to it need a whole 30 minutes of conversation devoted to magnus explaining to the goblin whose friends he murdered how he didn't actually kill them you said cleft in twain my friend <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will well, decide when not. this recording becomes an episode, and we'll need to get slightly <laughs> net less niche before that happens. We'll yeah. need to pull out to a slightly <laughs> larger purview before this becomes an episode. Hey man, I have a friend who's turned me on to the phrase, there's riches and niches. What I'm hearing, based on what you've just said, is that after our community watch through podcast, we need to start a podcast called The 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 Adventure Zone Zone Zone. <laughs> <laughs> where we, we listen to and uh talk, talk about, about the adventure zone yep so you all right finish that now, sentence for me <laughs> here is the ultimate test of this idea i'm going to type in the 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 adventure zone 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 does it already exist okay so far we're only at two these and two zones so we might be on the cusp of something here <laughs> Do no, not I... publish this part of this episode, please. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> TM, TM. Just McElroy deep cuts all episode. Let's go. Exquisite. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's my plan is to, uh, once we're done uh, talking about this show two episodes at a time, I'm just going to find something else <laughs> that I can uh, watch and discuss. Yeah. Uh, I'm tired of pumping out creative juices. I'm fucking sick of it. I want to mindlessly. I when this is over, we're becoming a YouTube React channel, <laughs> and we're just gonna you're just gonna watch us watch things. Oh my god, is that the is that the evolutionary timetable? Are reaction videos on YouTube just guys who used to sit and talk with their friends too much about the episodes of shows they just watched? Yeah. And then eventually they were like, what if we did this while we watched it, not after? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that is how, you know, you get Let's Players and shit like that. It's just uh, it's just you <laughs> reacting. And you, those, those videos of people reacting to, like, movie trailers are the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. Because everyone is faking it. I don't care how much <laughs> you like Star Wars. You, <laughs> if you... <laughs> are reacting that strongly for three straight minutes you should go to the hospital 
audition. If you are in earnest on the edge of tears because you've seen a lightsaber, you should go to the hospital. Something is wrong. Yeah, obviously that man doesn't have enough lightsaber in his life. Yes. Oh, yeah. The you know, there's just nowhere in Star Wars media that you can get lightsabers. It's just it's they show up so rarely in the Star Wars movies. It's always so exciting <laughs> to see them. They're it's not like if you sat down on Disney Plus and fucking watched Rise of Skywalker, you wouldn't see one in every scene. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody doesn't pop that shit just cuz they sneezed accidentally. Just deploy it like Edgar Wright like as the scene's closing just like zzz. That's it. It's a it's the transition <laughs> at the end of every scene of the next Star Wars movie. It's a it's a wipe. It goes. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that's actually genius. I like a fully transitional Star Wars movie where someone does like the Jedi hand wave, but it's a wipe, but it waves to the next scene of the Star Wars, and they're all like that. Every scene. Every scene. And it can't be a silent, oh, look, a lightsaber. It's got to be like a... you got to be like, what the... what? Why? You have to be borderline alarmed when it's coming. Exactly. It's like, um, this <laughs> might be a strange point of... Cuts. This might be a strange point of reference, but it's the only thing I could think of is like on Arthur, they would transition between scenes, but it would be like a a wipe of like dogs crossing the screen. It would be like, (laughs) (laughs) it needs to be Arthur levels of scene transitions. (laughs) It needs to be Saturday morning educational cartoon levels of editing skill. Yeah, it needs to be at the point where it's one of those shows for very, very little kids where they need to introduce kids to the concept of scene editing. So they have to make, like, the transition from scene to scene very, very obvious for the children. <laughs> if this is how the story progresses, children. Speaking All of right. children. Oh, you're going night-night? Okay, I love you. Please hold, sorry. Oh, you're just leaving? Wow. All right. Can I have a hug or a high five or something? Okay. You want to say hi to Kevin? Mm-hmm. Say hi. Hey. Hi. Hello. What's that? There's a microphone. You're talking to it and it makes noise. I love you. Yay. Good night. I'll see you in the morning. I welcome you. You go nanny with me? Well, I'm not going to go nanny with you. I got to work. I got to say And the world will stop existing when she goes to sleep and exactly. will begin existing again. Yeah. She's the single point of light in the center of it all. Absolutely. And that is the feeling that every parent has, I'm sure. Yes. Every minute uh, of every day. I am not one. And uh, uh, (laughs) I, you know, maybe one day, but at this current moment, glad I'm not. (laughs) I'm sure it's a lot right now. (laughs) And I can say with no guilt on my heart or in my brain that I'm glad to be a parent, but right now, I fucking hate it. (laughs) I wish I wasn't. (laughs) If I could Freaky Friday with someone uh, to <laughs> to escape this, perhaps I would. I'm not saying I would, but, you know, if, if Jason Bateman and I can pee in the same fountain and switch bodies, you know, maybe. 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 That's the plot of one of those movies. That yeah, was that year where Jason a... Bateman did, like, a was... two of those in the same year. Yes, I do believe that's called The Change-Up. There's The Change-Up, but there's also he's also in one called, like, The Switch with Jennifer Aniston. Am I am I completely oh, making this up? Oh, you're not. The, well, the change up is Jennifer Aniston. 
the change-up? Okay, because I typed in the Switch Jennifer Aniston, and it is those two. Oh, wait, um, no, the change-up is, is uh, uh, Olivia Wilde. Okay, so uh, the Switch, a 2010 romance drama. Yeah, it looks like a real drama. Neurotic Wally Mars... <laughs> has one bright spot in his life, his friendship with Cassie. When Cassie announces her intention to become pregnant using a sperm donor, Wally thinks he will be the lucky guy, but Cassie has someone else in mind. Yep. While drunk at Cassie's insemination party, oh, this is going to go well, <laughs> Wally substitutes his sperm for the donors. Great, lots of excellent consent. Uh, on the table, then passes out remembering nothing. Seven years later, Wally meets Cassie's son, who seems oddly familiar to him. So it's not a body swap movie, but it's a fluid swap movie. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, seminal bodies. <laughs> yeah, there is... <laughs> okay, what is... Uh, it is, of course, a podcast about Reynolds. community. <laughs> oh, you wanna... We can move on. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> but we... The change-up... It once, is, once inseparable pals, Dave, Jason Bateman, and Mitch, Ryan Reynolds, have drifted <laughs> apart over the years. Dave is an overworked lawyer and family man, while Mitch has thus far avoided most of the normal responsibilities of adulthood. adulthood. That's underselling what he does all the time. Each is envious of the other's life, and following a drunken binge, the men wake to find they've somehow switched bodies. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Well, you again, That's I regret to inform you, they switch bodies by peeing in the same fountain at the same time. And then lightning strikes the fountain, right? Or something? Yes. Yeah. And the oh, it's always lightning. travels up the peace streams and swaps their souls. <laughs> there is no greater shorthand in movies than that lightning is magic. If lightning strikes, <laughs> fucking anything can happen. The rules are off if lightning has struck. Holy shit, this is the most... I was today years old when I realized this moment. I think I may have had fucking. You can time travel if there's lightning. You, you can, can time travel if, if there's, there's lightning. lightning. You can animate dead tissue if there is lightning. Yeah. If lightning strikes, the fucking rules are off. We <laughs> have come so far as a species, but we are still cavemen in exactly one way, and that is that lightning is magic lightning from go God. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, this is, of course, Advanced Community Studies, a podcast uh, almost entirely about community. Uh, we but are ostensibly uh, about lightning, <laughs> but about like the rules of lightning in fiction. One that I hope Community will finally draw from in its seventh season or movie. Uh, we'll really get to the root of lightning. Oh, okay. uh, I, think I am. Uh, could even wish that uh, that lightning strikes twice. For the next season. <laughs> uh, Sorry, hey, <laughs> uh, Dan Harmon, I know you're very busy on your very successful uh, animated show. I would just like to say uh, that um, in the community movie, could you make it about lightning? <laughs> uh, I am, of course, one of your hosts, uh, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and I'm getting Jeff ready for the fight. Seriously? <laughs> I, I couldn't think of another word. Uh, and I am Caleb, your other host, and we are currently fighting. Damn it. That is really hard. It is hard to think of another word. <laughs> uh, yes, a uh, small programming note. Uh, Jace is taking a little a little personal time away from the show. Uh, we wish them well. Uh, ho hopefully they'll be back uh, whenever they feel uh, prepared. But for now, the Greendale 3 
is all of us. It's you, the listener, are the, yes, are the Greendale the, Three. You're the ethereal third. As, except, uh, except on episodes where I have a guest interview at the end, like this episode. So in this case, the third is uh, <laughs> Derek Raining. But next week, it might be you, the listener. Yeah, you never knows? know. You never know. You Just never know. Just consider yourself the ethereal third and... In some iteration of the universe, it will always be true. <laughs> You're the third if you want to be. I, again, there are infinite timelines, or at least there are six. And uh, uh, <laughs> seven. And seven. In oh yeah, there are seven. Uh, There's seven. And and in uh, uh, one of those timelines, uh, let's say the one uh, where Britta does the pizza dance, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, then maybe that's the one where you are the Greendale Three. You know, yeah, maybe. cross your fingers. Wish yeah. you luck. And we know that the way things are going now, this, this is not that timeline. <laughs> this is not that timeline. I don't know if it's the darkest one. It's the stupidest one. It, it's, it's, which, <laughs> I don't know if those things are mutually exclusive. <laughs> I guess not. I guess darkness and stupidity are often very closely related. They do call people dim. Oh, and the whoa. dimmer something gets, the darker it is. Whoa. You just wrinkled my brain. <laughs> Welcome to Dad Jokes, the podcast. My name is... <laughs> Dad. Hi, Hi my I'm name Dad. is Dad. Nice to meet Hello. you, tired. <laughs> Hello, hungry. I'm Dad. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So let's segue uh, into our first episode of the evening. Uh, season 1, episode 11, The Politics of Human Sexuality, directed by Anthony Russo and written by Hilary Winston. Uh, this episode, Greendale throws a big ol' STD fair. Oh, uh, uh, Jeff and ah. Pierce get into a, a pissing contest when it comes to the ladies. Uh, Troy and Abed try to decide uh, who's more athletic, and there is, of course, a reverse Porky's. Yes, it's impossible to guard him. <laughs> it's like staring into the... What does he say? Oh, shit. Uh, like, it's impossible to guard him. His eyes are so mysterious. It's uh, <laughs> something to that effect. It's It's been a minute. It's so good, man. I have once again made the mistake of watching the community episodes for this episode and then watching several others in the intervening yeah, time. Yeah, it's always <laughs> so what it happens. completely throws off my equilibrium. I go to prepare and then I'm like, this show's really good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, how, later, how is like, the grifting great. episode from season six? Is it how is how does it hold up? And then I'll just watch that and I'm like, fuck, shit, I'm, I'm, I'm out of luck. I'm standing in the rain with my trousers down. This is not good. Oh shit! So I really like this episode. This is what I would call a good episode of a, uh, the television show community. It's uh, quite funny. There are some nice character moments. Uh, everything has a nice resolution. You know what? Good episode. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Um, so, yeah, the school throws a sex, an STD fair. An STD awareness fair. Yes. <laughs> Catch knowledge. <laughs> Stop being so aware of us! Uh, Annie is taking lead of the planning of said STD fair. Yes. Uh, uh, so has this, written a uh, bunch of fortune cookies that are uh, congratulatory. <laughs> you will catch AIDS. <laughs> Flip it over. <laughs> uh, yeah, exceptional, exceptional work. Uh, I am a, I am a big fan of the uh, Jeff and Pierce plotline from this episode. This is uh, some good Pierce Hawthorne. 
playing the fool, as he usually does, but there is a nice uh, sort of uh, uh, back and forth with him and Jeff. This is uh, maybe the first version of Pierce as Jeff's horrible future reality that we get. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> they kind of use, it's, I don't want to say it's ham-fisted, but they kind of use it quickly. Like They, they layer <laughs> it on pretty thick. Yeah, like in the opening moments, he's like, Ah, that's all right. I had a dry spell too. <laughs> they only last. What does he say? Like uh, seventeen years. <laughs> seven. In my experience, it never lasts more than seven years. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's like, <"Bleh." laughs> uh, and it's a horrible future. This is a, a note that the show will come back to and come back to and come back to. Yes. Uh, as as uh, Pierce Hawthorne becomes less and less of a viable source uh, for good character storytelling and more and more of a horrible cautionary tale <laughs> of what happens to someone who goes completely off the rails. Yes, 100%. When and someone it... becomes the smallest little man in the whole world. <laughs> when, uh, it's called, this, this whole episode's relationship between Jeff and... Pierce uh, is a callback to the first episode, even. Because at the very end of the first episode, when Jeff is walking past Pierce, he goes, you know what? You remind me of a younger me. And he goes, you know what? I deserve that. I deserve that. <laughs> I've been divorced and, seven times. I mean, what am I doing wrong? Well, you keep you getting keep married. getting married. <laughs> uh, which is a uh, very funny joke, but also a good uh, character joke uh, yeah. for Jeff and Pierce. Hey, the pilot of Community, pretty good, everyone. Uh, it's pretty silent. Listen to, like, five episodes ago uh, when we talk about that one in depth. Um, now, this this is um, not one of the episodes of Community where they're fucking swinging for the fences. But if this is the filler episode, if this is just another episode of Community, this sure. is a really healthy place to be in your filler episodes. Yeah. Uh, this is just a... It's, it's got some uh, great funny moments. You get to incorporate supporting cast members uh, like uh, Craig Pelton and Officer Kukowski. Uh It's a it's a wonderful little episode. Yeah, it's very good. What, what in the reverse Porkies is going on here? Reverse um, Porkies. Does fucking anyone remember Porkies anymore? No, but because of this show, everyone who watched it had to Google it. Like, without a like, doubt. What? What is Porky's? What, what is, is this show? You know, you look up the poster of Porky's, and it's like a girl in the shower, and someone staring through a, a peephole in the shower, yeah. and the the shower faucet, and the two knobs are drawn like a wang. Uh, so it's, oh, God. It's one of those. High school friends, Pee-wee, Tommy, no Billy. one in high school gets nicknamed Pee-wee. Nicknamed Pee-wee. Uh, he rides his little bicycle, and Mickey... Uh, want to lose their virginity. But when they're kicked out of a strip club after the owner, Porky, takes their money, they plot revenge. While they try to get back at him, they deal with their other teen troubles, including Pee-wee's worries about his equipment shrinking, their sexually opinionated gym teacher, and a spy hole in the girls' locker room. So I have to imagine Porky's has aged like fucking dinosaur bones. This is a this is a, a putrid. <laughs> this th I have to imagine this movie has aged like milk. You know, it's just completely sour. It can no longer be watched by humans yeah. Yeah. <laughs> under any reasonable circumstances. I like I like aged like dinosaur bones because while still preserved in its original form, 
as closely as it can be, it could never survive in this environment. It could never function again no. the way it was supposed no. to as the supportive uh, structure for ligaments. There's no more <laughs> ligaments. It's just fucking dinosaur bones. All the connecting um, tissue is rotted. Everything is rotten. The only platform that Porky's is currently available on is iTunes. Because I think every streaming platform is like, even we're not going to handle this. E- yeah. Even even we at Amazon Prime are not going to carry Porky's. <laughs> you know, fucking Vivo and Tubi, we're not picking up Porky's. Yo, you know there's like three of them, right? Oh, there's so many. Because it was a, a, a titty comedy from the 80s. So there are like... Four sequels that came out like direct to cable, direct like, to, yeah, direct to VHS, dude. Like absolutely nothing uh, from from Porky's, because even because there were a lot, a lot of uh, uh, raunchy comedies of the eighties, um, but none of them have survived. They are ancient. You have to like purposefully dig them up you yeah. will never accidentally <laughs> come across porkies one day you must intentionally find the porkies uh one. in you know <laughs> other other raunchy comedies uh this is even from before then obviously but like animal house animal house which has again aged like fucking dinosaur bones is at least has this pedigree as a good comedy as a very funny movie yeah. made by yeah. ivan reitman and harold ramis uh, whereas porky's doesn't even have that reputation dude I, I so i have and this will be something that if you don't know already about me <laughs> i'm gonna expose my my shortcomings uh, I have a criminally under-experienced backlog of movies from before I was born. Uh, many things I have not seen, and most of those decisions come from me in college realizing how many things my mom and dad did not let me watch, and then deciding I could either spend the next four years of college watching old movies and then have to catch up on the four years of movies I left out while I was catching up, or I could stay up to date. And never miss another thing. I chose the latter, but because of this, it's become a point of contention with my father-in-law. And I shit you not, less than five years ago, I got the Porky's Trilogy box set for Christmas because he was pissed I hadn't seen them. <laughs> I hadn't seen Porky's. And it's like, what are the great jokes from Porky's that I'm missing out on? Yeah. Is, so it, like... <laughs> is it just the boobies? Because I can find those. Yeah. I, for can, le- for a I don't need Porky's trouble. help. Not at all. I, I do so, not need the assistance of Porky's to find boobies. So despite my insistence that everyone who heard what, what in the reverse Porky's is going on here had to Google it, I perhaps am the only person in my age group who did not have to because I had watched to. the first one. I um, would like to, and I'm glad to report, I did not watch the second two um, or three, I, however many there actually are. Yeah, um, I had not... I've never seen Porky's, and at this point, seems like too late. Uh, but I, <laughs> I, the, I knew culturally enough about Porky's that there was a scene where someone looked at nudity through a little peephole, and I was like, "Okay, got it. That is enough, Porky's." I did not know it was a strip joint manager revenge comedy. <laughs> Yeah, what a weird thing. And also, why is it that every teenage kid in the 80s was really trying to, like, sneak into 
places they shouldn't be to see things that remember remember when that was funny and not a crime (laughs) i mean it was (laughs) always a crime but remember when movies uh tried to tell us that that wasn't a crime (laughs) remember when movies aided and abetted definite repeat offenders or Uh, not repeat but uh uh copycat offenders (laughs) back in the glory days of 1981 when movies were pro-sexual assault um Now, I am on commonsensemedia.org, where they really break down, uh, you know, the content you can find in different movies. Wait, they, is that they... a real website? Hold on. Absolutely, <laughs> I am. I was looking for Focus on the Family, which is the Christian one. But Focus on the Family did not even bother with Porky's. They're like, you already know the answer to this. But commonsensemedia.org uh, did take a look at Porky's, and they have six criteria by which they uh, judge a movie uh, and its and its lewdness. Uh, so positive messages, not present. Cannot even be rated on the Common Sense Media page. There are no positive messages. Violence, three out of five bombs. So this is a three out of five bomb violent movie. <laughs> Sex, five kisses lot of <laughs> lot of sexual content in this movie language five out of five expletives that's crazy uh consumerism not present <laughs> no <laughs> elements of consumerism in porkies wait it's about a strip club they said there's no elements of consumerism i that i Listen, you got to take this up with commonsensemedia.org. I'm sure they have a comment section. I'm sure it's excessively (laughs) sane. I'm sure it's a very nice place to be. And drinking drugs and smoking, uh, three out of five wine glasses. So you know what? If that's your your umbrage, Porky's might be for you. I'm currently just panning for gold through the core tenets of common sense media. (laughs) There, There are five pillars. Yeah, I'm trying to find their real, uh, you know, their <laughs> their Pax Romanum that I can uh, share with you. <laughs> what are the ten fucking commandments of commonsensemedia.org? Because they recommend, here are their recommends. They're like, if you want to watch Porky's, but it's, if you... If oh my you, god, they have, you, <laughs> you want to watch Porky's, but okay for kids. Yeah, exactly. So they have, well, they have National Lampoon's uh, Animal House. Uh, they have uh, Revenge of the Nerds, uh, racy college comedy, has heart, okay for older teens, uh, and their third recommendation is Booksmart. <laughs> Not- What? They're like, if you want to watch Porky's and you can't get Porky's, why don't you watch this lovely comedy about two friends saying goodbye to each other after high school? Oh, fuck, man. Like, I'm glad that I'll, I will take a, a free advertisement for Booksmart. Yeah, any pro Booksmart it. review is good but, enough for me. But there is, inevitably, Kevin, there are parents who have read this thing on Porky's, wanting to show it to their kids and not realizing how bad it is, and then seen the recommendation for Booksmart and gone to Hulu and just hit play on a movie that stopped 30 minutes later. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, you know what? Uh, Booksmart has two out of five positive role models and representations. <laughs> Only one uh, bomb for violence. 
Yeah, there's no, there's no But line. only, unlike Porky's, they have three out of five positive messages. So I think uh, Booksmart gets the a- hearty A-OK from Advanced Community Studies, a podcast about community. Oh, um, man, I may have found a Twitter account, honestly. <laughs> I may have found a new Twitter account to start. Just focus on the family and common sense media reviews of movies. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, so sorry, I guess to the you thing know, this podcast is truly to pay due about. diligence to politics of human sexuality. Um, <laughs> we are in the process of transitioning Troy out of his original form into the form we will come to recognize. Uh, yeah. Where if you start Community in season two, you would not even know that Troy Barnes used to be an athlete. <laughs> it is. It is no longer a part oh, of his character. Uh, but we are here in the the towards the middle of season one, transitioning him out of that mode. Yeah, yeah, we see him try and uh, several tests of of physical prowess with Abed, who handily beats him in every single one. No, um, uh, Abed's most... such a Mary Sue. <laughs> yeah, dude, fucking cancel Abed. Yeah, dude, Abed's not a real character. Remake Community. <laughs> Let's start the let's start the, the petition to remake change.org. <laughs> change.org. Let's fucking go. What are uh, those fucking remake Last Jedi guys up to now? Have they done it? No, yeah. but they were pretty confident that, that Disney was paying attention to them. They were oh, pretty confident they could get Mark yeah. Hamill to sign on. You know what sucks the worst is JJ Abrams kind of validated them. Which fucking oh, I cannot I cannot with Star Wars I cannot we won't, we won't, put, we won't. putting Star Wars in the laundry basket where Star Wars belongs until it realizes what it's done. <laughs> and what do you, do you punish things with putting them in the laundry basket? That's right. Okay, <laughs> you're gonna sit in the dark in the laundry basket with Kevin's my old like, socks. I've only ever had cats. Okay, <laughs> only ever had cats. Uh, they wrote a book about me. It was called Child Called It. All right, um, it's a. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so, transitioning to the second episode of our discussion. Uh, Season 1, episode 12, Comparative Religion, uh, directed by Adam Davidson, written by Liz Kakowski. Holy shit, this episode is good. It's very good, it's very good. I want to point out real quick before we completely move. I know you're excited, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Um, At the same time that the last episode kind of starts the process of completely obliterating Troy's athleticness as a point of his character. Uh, it also establishes Annie's innocentness in a That's different true. way. Because like in we've a very seen definitive it. way. Yeah, we've seen it and it's been suggested. But this is like she has a whole monologue where she stands up for not wanting to say the P word. <laughs> Let's talk to the girl that won't say won't say penis. penis. Oh my god, when, when Kikowski is like, you? she didn't say it, she didn't say it, <laughs> it's so hey, funny. Hey, she didn't say it. <laughs> she didn't say it. <laughs> she looks at him like, shut up. Also, fuck? repeating that line as Gronk is just, hey, she didn't hey, say it. <laughs> she didn't say it. Giant thumb and a turtleneck. <laughs> what are the odds that I would end up out here? Um, new new alcohol would make people horny. Makes me sleepy. Makes me sleepy. (laughs) Ah, shit. Okay. That was all I wanted to say. I was looking, per an earlier episode, I was looking for the people that throw the condom in the trash can who will later get pregnant because of this event. Hmm? Uh, solid. There it is. It's there. It's It's right fucking there. At the very, very end. 
Love yep. it. You love to see it. <laughs> Whatever you do, do not use condoms. <laughs> the last words in this episode. Troy, you're the best athlete on campus. No, Abed. You are. Go! <laughs> <laughs> Funny every time. Funny every time. Oh, God, go! So good. Uh, but yes, Comparative Religion, uh, featuring oh, guest star man. Anthony Michael Hall. Where did they dig him up out of? I have no fucking Where? clue. They found it. Well, I guess... The- <laughs> a, a year before this, he has basically a cameo in The Dark Knight. Like, he's in there for a teeny tiny bit. Oh, uh, yeah, but, he's the newscaster, right? Yeah, he's the newscaster who's like, wow, harrowing footage of the Joker messing with that guy. <laughs> Brian, I think? Uh, <laughs> excellent work. And yeah, so Anthony Michael Hall, who, like, had his time in the Porky's days... Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, kind of largely vanished, and I don't think was ever really known as like a stalwart comedic actor, comes no. in as Mike and absolutely destroys. He is so fucking funny. Shut my fist up, your balls. <laughs> that doesn't even what make is, allergic sense. What is, where did he go? Because he was in a, and it's completely gone now from my memory, he was in a Stephen King procedural show called uh, the dresden files or no, the no, dead no, no, zone? no the dead zone the dead zone the dead zone my yeah. mom loved that show because she loved anthony michael hall oh she, moms love anthony michael hall and i didn't understand why and then watched what is it like fucking national lampoon's vacation featuring chevy chase <laughs> yeah no breakfast club breakfast oh club right candles. of course yeah, yeah. of course yeah right of uh, duh why <laughs> i went to fucking a very baby uh anthony michael hall but you're right yeah the uh, the john hughes days yeah my mom's remembering the the heartthrob anthony michael hall who was the in, innocent boy in both in both 16 candles and breakfast club right i mean i will say this as someone who's currently perusing anthony michael hall's imdb he's working he's just one yeah. of those guys who's like all right i'm gonna go do uh five episodes of murder in the first I'm going to go do one episode <laughs> of Riverdale. You know, it's, yeah. he's one of those guys. And he'll hop Two around. Two episodes of fucking Blacklist that I haven't seen yet. Yeah, Blacklist, 81 episodes of The Dead Zone as Johnny Smith. Because Stephen King wanted to take an early lunch that day when he was coming up with that <laughs> character's name. Stephen King really wanted to catch his table at Buca de Beppo. Uh, so, he, uh, so he pulls out and names a guy Johnny Smith. Uh, but I absolutely love Anthony Michael Hall in this episode. I love everyone in this episode. It, we're firing on all fucking cylinders here. Community yeah. is community, and it is taken off like a goddamn rocket. Oh, man. And the, just the, like, we've gotten a lot of episodes for every character interacting with Jeff, and now it seems they're transitioning into, like, building moments for individual characters but that, that are all still interwoven into plot lines. But this episode, like, by far to me, is Shirley's episode of growth, right? Cause, like, Absolutely. The whole episode is her being super judgmental and super... Why do you hate me and Jesus? <laughs> I don't think my brownie's working. Oh, man. He's like, man... My brownies work. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so good. He's so good. And I, I, I will, I will put this on the table now. Uh, I absolutely adore the show that Community becomes this bizarre head up its own ass. You know, completely <laughs> in the stratosphere television show. But by the time we're in season five and we're doing meow meow beans, I do Sheesh. miss. 
these yeah. episodes where they would just take a storage room and teach Jeff how to fight or teach Abed how to pick up girls. I, yeah. I miss this element oh. of the show going forward. Abed picking up girls is so good, too. It's so funny. And they do. And it's this same storage room both times. I don't know yeah, how they just have access to this. <laughs> um, I think it's the same room where, like, Pierce plays piano, too. I'm not I'm not 100% uh, sure about that it's one. Close. Uh, but it's close. All the well storage be. rooms look the same in Greendale. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, it was a set they had built, so let's use it for everything. Yeah, it's um, easy to reassemble. Yeah, as you know, you you put some, you move the chairs around, and it's a different space. Is it, it the room where Britta got her whoop into? Uh, it ab- uh, Oh, is it or is that in a classroom? No, I think they, I think you're have, right. I think it's the same room. The most referenced episode of Community, this fucking basic genealogy episode that we're coming up. <laughs> so good let's let's pay attention for fucking storage room uh the the life of the storage room that (laughs) this set must have been fucking thrown in the garbage after season one i can't think of any time we're back in here but i miss when we would teach jeff how to fight i just the time we're gonna get the whole gang together we're gonna do this crazy rapid fire comedy scene where britta has her own running joke Uh, pierce has his own running joke uh why does she have to be black uh it's so <laughs> it's just fucking crack 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 it is excellent it's very I very very good love it it's very good to me religion's like paul rudd i see the appeal and i would never take it away from anyone but i would also never stand in line for it <laughs> <laughs> jeff says he's an atheist and everyone boos him and <laughs> so funny uh all these jehovah's witness jokes uh tell it to the birthday cake you never got is the stone coldest fucking thing I've ever it's so so dark dude it's so dark what else do you believe in blood transfusions <laughs> so so funny uh, it's not this episode but that that jehovah's witness thing is used very well and very sparingly in this first season it but, keeps uh, uh, keeps coming back. I think uh, Donald Glover has Jehovah's Witnesses in his family. I think this is a real element of him that they pull into this character. Yeah, yeah. Wait, is it, is it this episode where he says we don't celebrate Christmas or birthdays and we don't drink, but it helps? But it helps. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh so my good. Goodness. All the rapid fire stuff. Uh, this is the second time where a cast member of Community is having their holiday party in the study room because we're not leaving campus this season. Oh, look, Britta brought what she believes in. Nothing. Oh, my God. This episode is so fucking back and forth. It's nonstop. Troy, it is... I assume you're handy with a switchblade. And Abed, you get back to the family tent. Try and find a chicken for Jeff to chase. Oh my god! Ah. Horrible, um, man. I I I don't want, just want to sit here and just talk about all the funny moments from this episode. Of no, no, no. Sorry. Fuck me. They're <laughs> all there. And Britta convinced that everyone is gay. Uh, it's so good. And we end this episode with a fucking Florence and the Machine song as everybody's throwing down. It's yes. it, they made this one for me. This <laughs> one is for me. <laughs> And th- and that's saying something because later there's literally an episode where George Takei leaves you a voicemail, <laughs> me specifically, and <laughs> I was like, "This is fucked up." Uh, yes, yeah, so let's let's keep track of all the times they use the name Kevin uh, on this show. So far, there is one, uh, but it will be at least four uh, at by least. by my count. 
Yes, yes. Uh, so far we have, uh, in the trial episode, Jeff references uh, that he has been having a text affair with a man named Kevin from Boulder, who he thought was Britta. Um, and Kevin <laughs> will go back and rethink his marriage. I don't know how many times, like, in that first season, especially the first time watching through Community, I don't know how many times I was surprised. You know how you get into a show, and, like, I there's two there's two options, right? You get into it when it's out, when it starts, and, like, you're part of the zeitgeist, or you start, I guess there's three options. Let me start this over. Just kidding. There's the first one. There's the, I start in the middle of it and I have to binge to catch up because people are talking about it. And then there's the, like, I just let it go and came back to it when I could watch, I could binge all of it. And I've realized I have, like, two reactions to these kinds of shows. And it's like, oh, this is all right. Or it's like, why didn't I watch this? And Community, in its first season, I had that second realization almost every fucking episode <laughs> like yeah it's really hard to get through that first season without being like oh my god this show's so good why is this show so good and how was it not as big as the office or as big as parks and rec like it's is it because it was on a network that people didn't watch as much as no because it was on nbc those were those are all on the same uh uh network maybe that I was think... the problem it needed to be on a different network yeah, well, yeah, perhaps that is uh, that is true. I mean, people are, are coming to it in droves now because oh, yeah. it showed up on the platform they're already using, even though it's been on Hulu for however the fuck long. Uh, it's there, it's on the platform they're all using, and people are having this same reaction that you're talking about right now. Uh, or I remember, again, just like walking around Webster University with my DVDs, going over to different DVD players and showing it to everybody. Yeah. And people had that same reaction you're talking about. Like, why have I never heard of this? Um, and you just didn't catch the right online wave. Yeah. Or you weren't reading the AV Club every day. Or, or yeah, whatever your sure. personal choice may have just, And I remember hearing it mentioned. And I remember hearing people mention how good it was. But I was in college. And I was like, I don't want to watch a... I don't want to be in my TV for a show every week. That sounds lame. Because Sucks, that's what happens. I'm like the... The Sega versus the Nintendo kid. I just didn't have cable very much. So I wasn't used to being at a place once a week to watch a 30-minute TV show. I mean, that's and that's truly how it is now. Like, who? Yeah, there are yeah. very, very few shows that we watch live. Um, and, Let me tell and, you, though. I, pref- I think I might prefer it. Yes. Like, I when Mandalorian agree. was coming out, and I could talk about the episode the week it came out. And not have to worry about being behind already. It was uh-huh. great. It's it's weird. It's like when you don't release 13 hours of something all at once that people watch at different paces and we have to be trepidatious of each other's <laughs> timelines. When we can, like The Mandalorian or recently with A Game of Thrones, where an episode ends and it can be its own entity that we can discuss and we can anticipate the next one. Yeah. Uh, that is how what these shows What better way? Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, that, I was just going on my, my standard rant about this kind of thing <laughs> is that some things should be released episodically and yeah. it should come out as an episode so you can anticipate the next one remember how exciting it was when like everyone caught up on the first four and a half seasons of breaking bad and everyone watched like the last eight together basically yeah yeah. wasn't that great (laughs) 
what a, what better way to extend the life the, the lifespan of something in the zeitgeist than to draw out your 22 episode season over 22 weeks rather than just uh, you, you, uh, nothing comes out with 22 episodes at anymore. Once. It's that basically that's, yeah. It's eight to twelve, like largely. Sometimes there's more. Oftentimes it's eight to twelve. It used um, thirteen used to be like everything, and I'm glad Netflix has decided like no, okay, you know, The Witcher is eight, and we're gonna yep. make eight really good episodes of The Witcher instead of thirteen episodes, and five of them are filler. I yep. I appreciate yeah, that for we. Sure. Uh, have, have, you know, boy, uh, I enjoyed my time with uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Some of those seasons could have been about half as long and would have been yeah. even better. Yeah, the only the only season of Daredevil that needs nothing changed is season three, in my opinion. But I need to go Didn't back and rewatch it. Oh no. my god. Yeah, I saw the first two, I could not get through the Defenders, and then season three came out, and I was like, fuck me, 13 hours of Daredevil I have to catch up on before everyone at my comic book job spoils it. And then they're like, actually, Daredevil's canceled. And I was like, well, never mind. <laughs> Great. Cross that one off the list. <laughs> but there's never going to be something else that I'm going to have to have this conversation about. And then you join the podcast <laughs> with me. Over. <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay. Um, <laughs> I season will... three is very good. Um, take your time, it. though. There's not another one coming, as far as we know. <laughs> Make it last. <laughs> Make it last. Because yeah. we're out of... Because we're out of Daredevil. Um, And uh, before we we do our rankings, just a little bit, uh, my favorite archival tool, uh, GIF Origins, where you're watching Community and everyone goes, oh, that's where that GIF is from. Um, There's (laughs) Shirley saying, the Lord is testing me. Uh, That's a big one. I see that one all the time. Um, And then Chang has two. Uh, the invisible beard stroke is mm-hmm. uh, a great one, and then uh, him saying, "I'll allow it." Is, um, those are... <laughs> leaning back in his chair, like eating raisins or something. I'll allow oh, it. This is so boring. Ken <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 Jong, funny man, funny man. Give me a winner doodle. <laughs> if you're trying to be menacing, maybe don't call the cookie by its name. <laughs> I love so think about how far Jeff has come in season one of Community, where even five episodes ago in the Halloween episode, they have to like drag him kicking and streaming to assist Pierce. And in these two episodes, he like willingly doesn't get laid because he feels like dishonest and childish. He steps up for Abed immediately when Anthony Michael Hall is bearing him down. Uh, it's it's an impressive character arc, even in these twelve episodes. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's it makes me wonder if like the introduction of Slater a few episodes ago in that Halloween episode is why he's becoming better because we've argued this before, and even though your poll was non-representative, <laughs> Slater is who Jeff deserves to be with. Um, I wonder if she's like sl- slowly influencing him to be a better person because their their relationship's still up in the air at this point, right? Yeah, it's uh, well, give it an episode or two. Um, yeah, 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 but uh, yeah, we have not seen her since the Halloween episode, and Slater is the most adult woman that Jeff has apparently ever known, and <laughs> is someone to whom he would have to better himself. 
to to feel like he is worthy of. Whereas Britta is probably like like a tick up from him, and then Annie is a uh, child. Uh, so it's 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 tough to oh. for for him to need to feel he needs to improve himself for an eighteen year old. But yeah, Slater is someone that will inspire him to be better than he is. All of you people who voted on that poll are monsters. You're, yeah, you're. I don't even care if you vote for Annie. The fact that you vote against Slater is a, it's a mark against me personally. You've personally attacked me. But we now have no way of reconciling without a blood feud. And I'm sorry. I will meet you on the field of combat. Uh, my fucking gauntlet has been thrown down. So uh, we come now to the great community rankings. Uh, first. Uh, our end tags, uh, number one currently Spanish rap, number nine currently crumping. Uh, the first end <laughs> tag we have is Sleepy Troy, where Abed puts Troy to sleep with a nice little uh, bit of science textbook. Yeah, Abed, can you give me a glass of water? <laughs> and it's this, I like this tag because it's part of this insane reality where these people live <laughs> at Greendale. <laughs> like the study room is their living room. Yeah, and Troy will just <laughs> nap gonna... for the night in uh. the study room. Um, it's fine because uh, they shoot those end tags real quick, like in an hour. <laughs> so got to do so good. It's uh, so good. Sleepy Troy. Um. I, uh, beneath Pencil Mouth at number eight, above Crumping, maybe. It could be number nine. I, I don't feel particularly strongly. It's cute. No, it's, it's cute. Nice. And I love the, the, the way he says, can you, can, can I, can you get me a glass of water? Can you get me a glass of water? Uh, but yeah, below Pencil Mouth works for me. I'd still okay. think that Crumping is perhaps the way it was set out to be, forced. But this one. Yeah. Uh, forced aggressively 2009 uh, and uh, it, it I think will stay as the bottom tag for some time but we'll for see some time, is yeah. there an end tag worse than this one um, <laughs> and now uh, oh Christmas Troy uh, <laughs> which is uh, delightful I love oh Christmas Troy yes it's very good this nose smells like special drink uh, for me Maybe uh, between Pierce Poop Rap at number five and Do You Hate This? I hate how much you read my mind. I was literally <laughs> thinking that. Jace was the dissenting <laughs> vote. Often. He was. <laughs> they were. They were the dissenting, the dissenting voice. They were the dissenting vote, and now it's almost too in agreement. <laughs> we need we need to, to bring someone in to spice things up a little bit. We need a Jack Black to come in and really mess with our rhythm. Oh, hold on. I can just shout my kid awake real quick. No, I'm just <laughs> Hey, what did you think of this episode of Community? <laughs> oh, uh, man. Excellent. And now on to the episode rankings. Currently episode at number rankings. one, Debate 109. Currently at number 10, Spanish 101. Uh, first, Politics of Human Sexuality. Hmm. It's a good episode, but it's not comparative religion. I would say... That I would put that between six and seven. Six and seven. I, um, I hear you. I think, I think, because all three of the plot lines are so solid and and have this nice beginning, middle, end, and it's just very like consistently creative and funny. What if we put it beneath <coughs> pilot, but above advanced criminal law? Sure, sure. Excellent. That works for me. Right, S1E11. 
I'm oh, partial. Geez. You'll find through as time progresses, I'm partial towards Duncan. So advanced criminal law gets like a little bit of a boost because he's there. He's in <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. And he he shows up sort of increasingly sparsely. So you really gotta like latch onto your Duncan when it arrives. I'm also Duncan partial, uh, also... but I cannot deny uh, <laughs> the STD fair. I love it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I'm, I'm also. Mostly confident that Duncan is just John Oliver, because last week tonight is also arguably Duncan. So like, it might just be the same. He might just be playing himself and everything he's in. Well, whereas fine. I think uh, my head canon is that last week tonight is Professor Ian Duncan's uh, big break. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he finally figured out something that he could do while drunk. <laughs> And get paid for it. <laughs> he is in character as John Oliver. That is my headcanon. Sure, I like it. That works. That works. That works. That works. All right, absolutely. <laughs> and now we get on to uh, comparative religion, which, <laughs> if I have my say, is a new number one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 It's, it's too. It's too fuck, good. Fucking undeniable. Uh, consistently hilarious. Uh, we love it. We love it, folks. It's Community the, and Christmas. It's a. It's a match made. In blissful heaven. It's so good. It's every so good. every Christmas episode is special too. <laughs> yeah, and they're all so different and so unique. Even in season four, which is the last Christmas episode. Uh that was season four one. It's uh they invite Malcolm McDowell over oh, and it's yeah, a it's a episodes. full length homage yep. of Alfred Hitchcock's rope. Like it's this <laughs> truly bizarre choice but even though you know at least they're trying something yeah yeah on the season four scale they're they're trying man they we'll get to this later <laughs> but season four what had an impossible task and that was to to surpass what season three did because season two don't get me wrong we'll get there is very 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 good and season three may not be as good as season two but for spoof episodes alone, <laughs> season three is full of such wild ideas in a, in a comedy show about kids at community college that season four was bound to be the gas leak episode. I think <laughs> the it gas is, leak season. I, yeah, I you know you can we can argue back and forth all day about the quality of season four. It's it had an insurmountable task. It had a no-win scenario. Yes. It was it was doing the Kobayashi Maru, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and season three of Community is uh, I uh, probably at this point like a second fave, maybe beneath season one just in terms of like consistency. But it is this insane season of television. Some of the most truly bizarre things that have ever aired on network television aired in season three of Community, and how could anyone, the greatest comedy writers in the world, could not have stepped in no. and been able to pick up those pieces. No, it there's a Law and Order episode. There's a Ken Burns Civil War documentary episode. There's an <laughs> episode that takes place entirely in the imagination of Abed and Annie. Like, what do you do when Community does a holodeck episode? What do you do? do yeah it's uh <laughs> it was a it was a no win and again we could argue back and forth all day about how good it actually was but it could never have been great it just could not have been no nope 
Could not have been. Uh, excellent. And a, a little a little preview uh, for next week. Uh, the two episodes we're covering are, uh, I like them, but they're no one's favorite episodes of Community. So we're going to do something, we're going to do something a little special. We're still going to talk about the episodes, but uh, Caleb and I, and uh, <laughs> the special guests that I will have uh, interviewed in the back half of the episode, we're going to come in uh, with our pitches for the Community movie. What would we do with the community movie? Um, for me, I just have, like, I have a my whole act one, and then I don't have anything else, like, ironed out. I'm just like, here is what I would do, and then they would do something else with there. But that's sure. just, just to spice up an episode that might be lacking for some real meaty details. Although, we did spend ten minutes talking about Porky's, so... Maybe we won't even need it. <laughs> we might not need it. But I I will tell you, I do want to talk about this. So we'll make sure we work it in. Absolutely. Uh, well, you know, uh, just just a little preview for y'all. But now uh, we are coming down to that time uh, where we talk about what we've been working on uh, oh, yes. this past week and where they can find us. Yes. Well, uh, why, why don't, don't you, you go, go first? Oh, no. Oh, no. I go I go before you every other time, so I'm going to make you go first this time. Oh, okay. That's fine. Uh, so I will I will attribute the first slot um, to a GoFundMe that I'm not running, uh, but that, that uh, means a lot to me. The comic book store uh, that has been around for 30-plus years in New York, uh, Forbidden Planet, where I worked for two years, um, is going through some hard financial times related to the virus, and they are doing a GoFundMe uh, to try and keep their doors open when all of this is over. Uh, so I just want to give them a shout out. I'll include a link to that in the show notes. Uh, you know, times are hard for everybody, but if you have a few dollars to give, uh, it's a wonderful store. Great people work there. Uh, and there are very, very few of these kinds of stores left. And I would yep. encourage you to go out uh, and support them or go to their online store where they're still shipping comics to you uh, if, if that's what you want. And toys. They have lots of toys. Uh, but uh, in addition to that, uh, I have just released uh, a 28-page uh, short story in my uh, Cola Wars uh, uh, series of shorts. Uh, so you can find that, tvskevin.substack.com. Uh, that's totally free uh, if you want to read that. I am happy with this one, uh, where I'm doing kind of a Casablanca, Porco Rosso kind of thing in this uh, world, and I'm, and I'm happy with it. I also just started um, a, a comic I intend to release on weekdays. Uh, called uh, Patty Plague Doctor. Uh, you can right now. It is only a Twitter thread on my Twitter. One day there will be a website or an Instagram. Uh, but right now at TV's Kevin Lanigan, and you'll find the thread for uh, this week daily comic, uh, Patty Plague Doctor. And if you want to follow the show on Twitter at Greendale Three, uh, it's a good time over there uh, where we just uh, crack jokes about uh, community, and I'm having a great time talking to everybody. Uh, Caleb, now it is your turn. Oh, yeah. Um, I am deep in the planning phases for a couple of things over at Nerdy Bits. So we do our weekly game podcast every week on Wednesdays called Bounty Board. You should watch that. Um, and you can follow or you can watch that live as we record it at Nerdy Bits TV on Twitch. Uh, and then we are adding a new podcast. So I was a part of a podcast called The 60 Minute Shit Show. And uh, we have decided to transition that show into a new, into the Nerdy Bits show. And so now Nerdy Bits will have a podcast in its lineup that talks pop culture, not just video games. And I do believe our first episode is going to be about the deep impact 
that's probably not the right word because it sounds like a collision. The far-reaching impact of Dan Harmon. Like, ah. that's going to be our first episode because one of us is hugely into Rick and Morty and all of us like it. And everybody likes Community and everyone likes Marvel movies. And those things don't have much diff- – have more in common than you would imagine. Absolutely. Um, I recorded three hours of season two of Family Quest, which is the Nerdy Bits Dungeons & Dragons uh, what is it? Not live play, real play campaign podcast. Actual play, yeah. Actual play podcast. Um, we uh, added a new member and recorded for three hours on Sunday night, and it was very good. The whole party was transported into a world of cyberpunkness because <laughs> I am a slut for cyberpunk. It's yeah, fine. you are what you are, man. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. Uh, I won't make excuses for it. This is who I am. It's um, just you are as God made you. This is true. This is true. Um, Outside of that, I'm eagerly awaiting my 270-page guidebook for Stardew Valley I ordered. (laughs) Just waiting waiting for coronavirus to let it get here. That game is great. I wrote about it last week. This, uh, the Greendale 3 Twitter account did retweet it, and I'm very appreciative of that. Um, But yeah, if you like video games and pop culture... um, I know we cover a lot of that here, <laughs> but I also do some of that stuff uh, through Nerdy Bits. So Nerdy underscore Bits on Twitter, and you can follow me at Lubwub, L-U-B-W-U-U-B. Lubwub. Uh So we will be back next week uh, with uh, a Jack Black episode and a <laughs> dance episode. Uh, and stay tuned uh, for my uh, conversation with uh, Derek Rating. Uh, but until then, pop, pop! What was he going to say? Pop what? Pop what magnitude? <laughs> I finally got around to watching uh, Pixar's Onward last night. Oh, it was finally wow. time to crack that bad boy open. Yeah. Um, and so. it was <laughs> it was a movie, and it did indeed have a beginning, middle, and end. Right. Um, there was this frustrating aspect to it, where like once every 20 minutes it would do something like really interesting... And mm-hmm. really cool, and it just made you angry that the rest of the movie was not as interesting and cool as as what oh, they were wow. pulling off. Yeah, that's I don't know. Is that I don't, is that a, is that an onward hot take? I don't know. I don't know how the general audience reacted to it. I personally really enjoyed it. I only just first watched it a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, went in with zero expectations and was um, just emotionally torn down by this movie (laughs) yeah that was the the ending was brutal and i'm sitting on the couch and i'm like starting to cry and i'm Mm -hmm. like did this movie earn what's happening to me?" right it is a very um i did appreciate it but i could also yeah it's like kind of a fantasy epic but it is a very like short epic (laughs) like um when you really very short epic if you look at like the events that happen it's like not a whole lot it's just the 
like inciting incident of them like trying to conjure the dad and then they go to the um what's her name the like restaurant owner the not a chimera the the manticore yeah manticore that's it some sort of mythological creature and then it's the fairies that they fight and then i feel like then we kind of just get into the climax from there where it's like they're getting chased by cops and then right and you're at the end of the movie and the 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 girls road trip is having all of these, like, big character moments where they feel so, like, triumphant. And I'm like, I feel like we skipped the part of the movie where these characters are on an arc. <laughs> we just yeah, sort of jumped it's... <laughs> to the end of the arc. Yeah, it's it's tough when uh, those two get just, obviously, like, the short end of the stick because they were amazing characters, like, or at least the beginnings of great characters, I think. <laughs> like They were... They were almost very interesting characters. Right, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, but, um... Maybe I'm just an easy, I'm easy to make cry, so I was very sold on it. <laughs> For sure. They definitely, they definitely got me. Um, I feel like all of the, the stereotypes in that movie are like 30 years old. Yeah. Where like, you're, you know, we're trying to relate to kids nowadays. And like, do kids nowadays have older brothers with like big painted vans <laughs> that like play D&D and listen to to metal is that is that the older brother kids have nowadays yeah it's like the it's still like trying to be like nostalgic for the 80s when i feel like we're pretty firmly at least in like 90s nostalgia at this point but maybe they're assuming like this is your older brother who's really into stranger things maybe that's what they are going for so it's not they're not even from the 80s it's your brother who wishes he was desperately in the 80s yeah who has thor ragnarok on blu-ray and plays it over and over again like yeah this mysterious right, older brother <laughs> let's not uh push onto the trail tracks people that uh own uh thor ragnarok on no, blu-ray I and would, watch it <laughs> i would never <laughs> judge frequently. those people for let's like... not uh let's not just push those people into the sea um no i mean cool, i would be fine. yeah if i didn't have disney plus i would be one of those people because it's the best marvel movie it's dang near up there ain't it yes <laughs> ain't it and we are uh, and people were like it's not like the other ones it's not like a regular thor movie and i'm like yes exactly good yes, you so understand bad. <laughs> yeah so you I'm understand glad. why it is so good right is that okay. it's the it's the funniest studio comedy uh to come out in like the last eight years and it just happens to star thor right exactly and yeah it'll be exciting to get to the community season where they poke fun at the marvel movies but that's not for a long time where they start uh they 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 start poking fun at marvel movies semi-regularly uh including in the last fucking episode of community just really railing into the marvel (laughs) cinematic universe uh, even though the Marvel Cinematic Universe will, like some sort of Lovecraftian horror, grab everyone involved creatively with community and eventually pull them all into it. Right, exactly. It's like they're railing against the Russo brothers, even though the Russo brothers have employed most of the cast recently more than any other studio or group of people have employed most of the cast uh directed essentially the first three seasons of community yeah uh with with some rare exceptions in there joe even comes back in season five like a couple of times to to uh get himself back on there 
Nice. Uh, but I mean, everyone, you know, Chris McKenna writes the Ant-Man movies and Dan <laughs> Harmon does all this punch up on like Doctor Strange. Virtually every cast member at this point uh, has been in some Marvel property or another. Right. Uh, it's, you know, they, they spit <laughs> in their face, uh, but then they all still collect that paycheck. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's very much that um that like comic where it's like uh the guy coming out of the well like, "Oh, you want to improve society yet you partake in it." It's uh hmm, very that. Interesting. <laughs> yes. Right. I'm being the well guy right now and nobody <laughs> wants to be the well guy. That's not, that's not a good look that anybody right. wants to keep, take with them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, and uh, so uh, this is the interview portion of Advanced Community Studies. Yes. Uh, this is, uh, across from me, the the uh, co-host of the Bitter Jurors podcast, uh, yeah. Derek Raining. Yes, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I was so, so thrilled when I, one, heard there was a community recap podcast, and two, that I had the connections available to me that would get me on said podcast. You You have the strong arm. I mean, last week... We had Sam on the show, yeah, uh, and and this week it is you, and this is uh, you are you are finally in the middle of my master plan as a, a hostile takeover of the Bitter Jurors uh, <laughs> listenership. Uh, should I ever appear on Bitter Jurors, I will finally have absconded with all of your listeners and brought them over here. That's my that's my clever plan. Hey, I mean, I can't begrudge you that. That's an amazing plan. I never saw it coming, and you should be rewarded for that. You fell right into my trap, little spider. <laughs> <laughs> wait no the spider does the trap fuck shit right i mean spiders eat other spiders so i think that's fair that's true that's true uh so let me let me give you uh the introductory question here okay uh tell me a little bit i guess it's not a question tell me a little bit about your uh community journey when did you uh start the show uh i i'm curious right um so i don't this will definitely age me but uh, I was a day one watcher of Community, and I was a sophomore in high school when it started. Um, right, that would have been fall of two thousand nine. Um, yes, so, fall yeah. fall two thousand nine. So I was a, uh, I think I was also a freshman and or a, a sophomore in high school. It's oh, wow. it's earnestly hard to remember the specifics at this point. Right. Well, good. I was scared I was going to come in here and be like ribbed for being like a youngster, but I guess millennials we aren't very oh, no. young anymore. So, <laughs> right, exactly. I was a I was a junior because Community uh -huh. season two comes out as I'm graduating. Oh, high what a very uh, exciting so, time for you! Oh, what a what a time to be alive! You're in senior year of high school, but mostly you're just focusing on season two of Community, uh, my favorite season of television. Uh, right. Period. End exactly. of list. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, and I so, care much more about that. <laughs> I, I'm right there with you, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was a day one watcher. I think what got me into it was I was very into the NBC comedy block at that point. Like, I loved 30 Rock. Um, I recognized that The Office was in its waning days, but I still watched. Um, and I don't remember if Parks and Rec had premiered yet. I think so. I think the first season had aired at that point. Um, I think parks starts like a year into community and uh if only i were on a computer right now <laughs> that could tell me when this show 2009 so they uh debut wow the same year that's crazy interesting so yeah so i guess it was mostly 30 rock in the office that made it so that i would see these commercials for community and i think i had also watched been watching the soup 
so I recognized Joel McHale. And sure. so um, just like, a, like, I don't know, this confluence of different things pretty much forcing me to watch this show. Um, and I remember watching it with my dad and my brother, and I really liked it a lot. I don't know how they reacted to it. Um, so, I mean, my yeah, I, I think they liked it. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, obviously, I liked it enough to just make it a central cornerstone of my personality for most of my life. For sure. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I have uh, gotten away with not being particularly funny for a long time because I can just uh, quote community. Although now that it's on Netflix, I feel like my game is up. The jig is up. I'm not funny anymore because yeah. everyone will realize that I'm just doing community, but as my personality, as right. my real life. Yeah, they'll realize that I say yikers because of uh, Miss Sabrina from our first episode we're going to discuss. Yeah, it's pretty uh, yikers for me, too, uh, <laughs> that everyone's going to fucking find out about me. Right. Uh, that I will, I, my jig will finally be up. Uh, you, I, I, I'm interested to, to hear about you showing community to your parents, uh, <laughs> because community is a show that I've known several people to try and introduce to parents or grandparents. And it's just a no go. Yeah. It's, it's just that much too referential and too fucking crazy outside the box where any episode could be completely different from the previous episode. Uh, and and perhaps that is off-putting to uh, uh, older members of society. Right. Well, I mean, the we know from behind-the-scenes information that Chevy Chase was among those people who did not understand the show, so... Um, <laughs> was not into it. No. Um, so, yeah, my dad, not as old as Chevy Chase, uh, as Community was airing. I think he definitely laughed at when... Abed was doing his Breakfast Club bit, and I don't think I understood that he was quoting the Breakfast Club until Jeff outright says he was um, at that point. Yeah, I didn't get it. But <laughs> um, I think he thought that was funny, and then um, I think he definitely enjoyed Parks and Rec more when I've had that on, just because obviously that's just an easier watch. Um, as Dan Harmon mockingly states in the future documentary episode that they do, or mockumentary episode. That's right. So, yeah, uh, I, I assume by your statement that you have tried to introduce older people in your life to the show. I, you know, you you try once and you're like, <laughs> what is the episode of Community that can maybe, you know, sway mom to watch a couple episodes? Because it's not remedial chaos theory no. whether or not you find it to be you know one of the greatest pieces of television ever produced uh maybe mom wants uh, an easier episode a more sitcommy episode right so you're like all right maybe she'll like beginner pottery where they take a wacky pottery class and then the others take like a boat class in a parking lot like is that mm -hmm. and they is talk that about cbs ghosts. monday nights enough for mom to be to be into it right um and uh we never we never quite got there uh <laughs> and and that's okay it's it's right. it's all right yeah. um my my mom will make other concessions for me um she <laughs> once when i lived like an hour away she invited me home because pbs was doing a special on uh the musical hamilton and i was like sure yeah mom <laughs> and i'll watch the fucking hamilton special together so we Why? it's it's okay if moms don't like community. Yeah, it's okay. We can't blame them, you know. I don't think it was ever intended 
for uh, anyone above our age group, probably. No, uh, it's it's uh, or so, or people who are very interested in television as a medium, as like an art right. form. Uh, yeah. You can you can be in your forties, but you have to be fascinated by television right or find it worthy of mocking i guess or have enough reverence for the medium to want to see it be made fun of in front of you for 22 minutes uh, lampooned a little bit right um so maybe uh we we can walk ourselves over to uh the two episodes uh that are on the table this week uh politics of human sexuality and comparative religion uh, one of which is uh, a tremendous uh, episode of TV that is so, so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other is, you know, it's good. It's, yeah, I think these are two the... yeah, good episodes, I would say. Um, I definitely have a preference between the two, but I'm interested to hear which one you prefer of the two. Uh, Comparative Religion, the first Christmas episode, is uh, a, a real high watermark for me for season one of Community. Um mm-hmm. It, it makes me nostalgic for... Because I love what community becomes. Yeah. But I kind of also end up missing when they would teach Jeff to fight in a storage room. Right. You know, I, I end up missing them teaching Abed how to pick up girls. And that's right. as much as I love the crazy show it would become. Uh, I do miss that. But I'm, I'm curious as to, as to your thoughts. No, yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> like, um, I mean, I love politics of human sexuality. I think that's, like, definitely one of the many reasons I feel like season one has remained one of my favorite seasons, not only of the show, but of television. Um, but, yeah, I think, compar- like, comparative religion is just, like, a classic television episode, um, which I think is um, made evident by the fact that there's at least two very neat, um, like, there are two memes that come directly from this episode that I'm sure people don't even know are from an episode of community. Right. I love everyone playing GIF origins right now Yeah, (laughs) uh, where you, you can see I, for me, there's three uh, and I'm, I'm curious to, to see, because one is Shirley saying the Lord is testing me. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Chang has two in this episode. He has yeah. the imaginary beard stroke. That's true, Which yeah. is classic. I use that GIF all the time. I uh-huh. love it. Uh, and the other is uh, him saying, I'll allow it. Maybe that one's <laughs> just me. Maybe that's not uh, internet wildfire. Yeah, that's maybe like an A-tier meme, maybe B-tier. Um, okay, yeah, but not S-tier. Lord is testing me. Yeah, like that's everywhere. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Like uh, I've literally seen multiple people on my Twitter timeline say they watched the um, episode where Troy walks in on the like fire obviously remedial chaos theory but that's what they refer, refer to it as as the episode where this is gif is from and it's that scene. a mammoth gif yes. uh in the <laughs> in the fucking hall of fame of gifs right and people are finally going like oh that's what this is from. yeah that's that in, where it came from yeah and chang or uh yeah looking at the small piece of paper which was earlier in the season but that's a big one yeah classic just, yeah it was ahead of its time, clearly. Yeah, it was, because uh, Community, you're right on the the forefront of uh, uh, GIF technology. Yes. You're, you're at the nascency of GIFs, whereas other shows, you know, uh, my, my second favorite show is Lost, and mm-hmm. Lost is almost entirely pre-GIF. 
By the time Lost comes is over, GIFs are only really starting to get going. So if you're looking for a Lost GIF, it's the fuck it's the coal mines. You're you're digging around. You can't (laughs) find you can't find shit. Yeah, Uh, but community has this healthy GIF life. Right, and it's not at the same level of like modern shows where they're so aware of it, where people like they just insert shots of people sipping uh, cups of tea or eating popcorn just because they know that can be a gift they can post on Twitter um, exactly. as episode is airing. Uh, so yeah, it's not quite that like level of self awareness. It's just more of a testament to the physical comedy chops of this cast. The gifification of television is, yes. uh, I think, I think it's an essay worth diving into and i um scripted tv and sitcoms especially i think there are certainly moments like that or dramas will incorporate a scene where someone will like dramatically walk through a door and say i'm leaving you know or something like that and so Mm -hmm. you can perfectly gift that but reality tv is gif central it's 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 it might as in the in the sphere of gifts reality tv is the sun and everything else is planets rotating around the sun. Absolutely. I think Big Brother US especially is just like a titan of GIFs um, on the internet. Especially, uh, I don't know if you're, I'm sure we're all familiar with the GIF of a woman spitting out her cup of uh, tea, but um, I don't know how many people know it's from Big Brother 15. Right. You know, we, we all know that lady yelling at the cat sitting in the fancy dinner chair. But do we know its history? Do we, do we know in the internet museum? (laughs) (laughs) What will the informational placard beneath, uh, and I oop say, what will it say? Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a shame that Jasmine masters isn't more of a a household name than her catchphrase is. It, it should be the reverse because she deserves it. Absolutely. I mean, (laughs) That is, that's the, uh, we will circle back around to talking about community, but I'm very fascinated (laughs) by all of this where like, uh, internet takes away authorship in in a certain way where suddenly you can be a tremendously famous gif of, uh, comedian Ken Jeong staring at a tiny piece of paper, Mm -hmm. but there's no origin trail. There's, there's no credits on the GIF that you then follow if you want to see the source. It's this completely free-range, death-of-the-author society that we live in. <laughs> it's true, yeah, and it's not like everyone's on Tumblr anymore where you can like click the source and go back and see what the original maker tagged it as. Um, because I was definitely one of those people who was gifting Tumblr, or gifting community on Tumblr as it aired. Doing the Lord's work. Yes. <laughs> uh, I I am uh, old enough and not internet savvy enough. I have no idea how one makes a GIF. I could not oh. be asked to create one. Um, I, I have no idea. Well, graphic design is not only my passion, but it is all my also my profession. So I think oh, it's fair wow. that I know how to make those, at least. I, I think that is uh, truly like a valuable skill set. Like right. that is what, what once knowing how to type <laughs> was uh it is now knowing how to make a gif exactly yep where like you could get out of the war if you knew how to type they would keep you in army hq if you knew how to type you could you could not be in vietnam if you could work a fucking typewriter right 
Maybe that'll be the uh, case for me. Maybe they won't draft me if I can make gifts for them or something. He's he's too valuable a, a service member here at home. The war at home where he's yes. uh, furiously creating gifts. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, but uh, uh, community. So uh, yeah. the show as a whole, what are your... Uh, what are your Mount Rushmore of episodes? What are the Ooh. ones that absolutely, you know, you keep coming back to that you hold up as like the pillars of community? Interesting. Can if I get have... like a number? How many? Like, I think you need to like uh, cut me off at a number. Or sure, because I could also do like 25. Right. Uh, but let's let's say four. Let's do four. a Mount Rushmore. Or Mount Rushmore. Um, okay. So first, absolutely. George Washington is um, Dungeons and Dragons the first uh, from season two i like that's the one that i always 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 show people when i want them to watch community um not even necessarily get them to keep watching community although i found that it works um a lot of the time but it's also just a great standalone episode of television that they can just enjoy without feeling the need to keep watching if they don't want to but fortunately most of them end up watching it more anyway so um, i think that's an excellent choice you're right there's not a lot of you know you have like the pierce bad guy arc but you don't need backstory he's an yeah. old man who's a jerk like yeah. that, that checks out <laughs> uh it's almost completely self-contained and it just has good jokes on its own i think that's an excellent choice right um and so and it's like you don't even need to know dungeons and dragons to understand the like comedy of it like yeah it's just a great episode of television um next i would say probably also from season two um because it's also my favorite season of the show would be um the halloween episode oh zombies abba yeah. abba zombies yes absolutely um <laughs> uh it's just yeah amazing i just i don't know something about the scene where uh someone is throwing a cat in the basement is just like i think the is funniest... someone throwing it I... <laughs> just i think the funniest thing ever put to film ever is that scene um and yeah Absolutely. and even though it's very much a time capsule of the because i mean the dean dressed as lady gaga just like everyone else seemed to be on a sitcom in that was, time uh, 2010 absolutely right um i mean even that it's just I don't know. It's just timeless, great, hilarious, amazing, beautiful. Love it. Um, now I'm trying to think. Um, I guess I should jump ahead because the other one. This might be a hot take or like not something more most people would say, but meow meow beans from season five. Meow meow beans. I love it. It's just I don't know what it is. I think it's just like the escalation of that episode is hilarious. Just they instantly form a completely bizarre, very unique. Um, like sci-fi setting from this stupid app it's i don't know just amazing immediate yes by the time you get to season five um the the show doesn't even bother showing (laughs) you a sense of escalation the dean announces the floor is lava and we have instantly become a water world type civilization (laughs) exactly (laughs) meow meow beans is on campus for a day and you've become like a logan's run style society i still think black mirror owes them um residuals for stealing it for that nosedive episode that they did absolutely i um i community was on that hot shit it was absolutely um and then i guess what would my number four be this is gonna be dicey i almost want to say one of the probably i guess i have to go with the first papal episode 
Like that is just a, I think if we're talking pillars, that's got to be a load bearing one because that was just an incredible thing to watch as a young television watcher. Like, oh, TV can do this. TV can do that, but no one, I, I, I watch a good amount of TV and that episode in fucking 2010 was the most mind blowing thing I had ever seen like a sitcom attempt. And I can't even tell you what's second in the intervening 10 years. It's, it's right. so, my, no one has even come close again, certainly in live action TV. Right, yeah, right, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it makes me miss this, I guess, network television in general, which is a weird thing to say, but I think nowadays, um, something like I noticed when I was watching the most recent season of Stranger Things, I was like, there's not really a standout episode of the, like, of these types of shows anymore. Like there's never like a Buffy musical episode. There's never like one standout where they decide to like flip the table and try something completely new because it's all about making a 13 hour movie anymore. Um, Dog, it drives me crazy. (laughs) I, uh, there are so few streaming shows I can make it through an entire season of because who on earth wants to watch a 13 hour movie? Who the fuck (laughs) wants, like, if you, if I told you, it's like, great, we're going to watch this 13 hour movie this weekend, you would shoot me (laughs) dead to rights on the spot. And it drives me nuts. Whereas like you can, it's so much more propulsive to watch a great self-contained story that can like tell its entire arc and then you're like damn i want to watch another one of those whereas if you're watching i drag the show under the bus a lot but netflix's love uh, you're (laughs) like oh great i want to watch the fifth episode so something will finally fucking occur (laughs) events will transpire right yeah and it's like i don't know you can never point to like an episode of like love or stranger things and be like oh this is just a great episode to sit down and watch and it's like the one time they did try to do a self-contained episode um everyone hated it and uh they'll probably never do it again (laughs) because of Of, uh stranger things yeah the episode where uh 11 meets i don't know like the avengers or that weird superpower group which i mean i thought it was a fine episode it just definitely didn't fit into us that season and i understand people's uh trepidation toward it but the hate seems a little extreme but it's also like that's really the only example of an episode of that show that you could just watch by itself and wouldn't miss anything Right, for sure. I I will. Be, I have not seen much uh, Stranger Things, uh, but I also you didn't spoil anything. I don't. I don't intend to. I didn't. I didn't yeah. really uh, care for it. So we're all. You're all good. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. There's not much else to say about Stranger Things that hasn't been said a million times. Right, people do seem to like that show, huh? It's it's a I, pretty popular piece of TV. I certainly continue to watch it for who knows why. <laughs> <laughs> uh no that's okay um so you uh are you are you a, a frequent revisitor of community or are we dusting are we are we uh digging up some dinosaur bones here see it's uh like uh i've definitely rewatched seasons one through three uh an ungodly amount of times but i'm sad to say that it's been a long time since i have done such a rewatch like um yeah, I've only 
watch season six once through but and same for season four i think except i think when my friends and i masochistically rewatched the puppet episode um <sighs> and we're just i don't know i'm sure we were drinking when we decided to the, to do that um because i think, I um, <laughs> think you have to uh right. when it comes to the i am as far as season four goes i'm a little i'm apparently kinder to the puppet episode than most people seem to be it seems to be <laughs> public enemy number one in the community fan pages just, whereas i think the fucking finale of season four the like oh, terminator paintball is or, way worse than the or, puppet episode that yeah. episode that's the worst episode of the entire show i it's, hate it yeah it's easy to make fun of the puppet episode because it's bad it's puppets done badly it's not even like um the puppet episode of angel which is an amazing episode of tv um exactly um so it's easy to make fun of the puppet one but i agree that the paintball episode of season four is the absolute uh just nadir of the show uh nadir, the and not abed nadir no not, uh, not nadir. it's just horrible it's everything that it's like if you asked someone to write an episode of community and then ask someone who had never seen it before to rewrite that person's script. And then you ask another person who had never seen community to rewrite that person's script. It's just like horrible, terrible TV. Yeah, I agree. It made me feel bad about being a fan of the show as I watched it. Yeah, that's a, that's a rough one. And you have like, like poor Sarah Bareilles. Yeah. Getting dragged <laughs> getting dragged into that puppet episode yeah and is that's also the one where um oh god i'm gonna call him george costanza but uh, jason, jason alexander yeah jason alexander, yeah. Jason alexander. <laughs> um, yeah he's, he's on there that. too there yeah. is an episode of community with jason alexander and sarah Bareilles, and it is arguably the worst one <laughs> it is it is way down on the list which is season four's greatest crime yeah, it's it's tough to watch, and it's like you can't blame Chevy for dipping out after that. Like, reg- like, um, regardless of any other behind the scenes like buffoonery, like you cannot be mad at Chevy for leaving after that. Chevy's out right away. Uh, Don Don Glover, uh, Don Glover, he only sticks yes. around for a few more episodes after that too. I yeah. think I think four kind of put everyone <laughs> through the paces a little bit. For sure, which is a shame because then season five is honestly, this might be a very hot take, but I rank five above three. Um, okay. I, so I, yeah, it's to me, it's like two, one, five are my top three seasons of the show. I love it. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big season six fan. It feels yeah. kind of like a different show. Yeah. But I, I've always you said have like Padgett the first... and you have Keith David and you, uh, oh I, yeah. I quite like that season. Yeah, Patrick Brewster is, I think, easily the like one of my favorite characters from the show in general. Like, she's just so good in that season. And I think season six, I was never like not enjoying it, but it's like I feel like there was a very distinctive point in the season where suddenly I was super on board for it. I think it was the RV episode. Um, what a wild, what a wild episode of right. Um, <laughs> And yeah, like I said, I've only watched it once, but like, that's my distinctive memory is watching that episode and every episode after that, just like having a huge blast and loving community again. 
Yeah, it took you. It takes a little bit, and you know, you were you were uh, probably at the time fighting against Yahoo Screen actively, yes. horrible. Uh, which, which was, I mean, one of the biggest uh, causes for that show's uh, uh, downfall and the platform's downfall was that that fucking Yahoo Screen did not work. It yes. did not function the way you wanted it to. Really tough stuff. Yeah, and it's again community ahead of its time if only it had been revived on a netflix or a hulu who actually know how to um make videos work on the internet but i guess (laughs) to have a a player that plays videos good right um so yeah uh i guess those are all my rankings and uh top four episodes um although we haven't talked about who our favorite characters are but i don't know if that's we have not i say go for it you're already there well, I, mean, uh, I say, let yourself be heard. Um, hello, yes, I'm the CEO of Loving Britta Perry. Uh, yes! yes! She is easily, far and away, my absolute favorite character of the show. She is uh, an icon, she's a legend, and she is the moment. Um, um, I will say, though, that watching... We were talking about missing certain aspects of Season 1. Uh, to me, I missed season one Britta, especially in comparative religion, like just her like little subplot of just commenting on the events um, just felt very classic Britta to me before I would say season three, when she starts to like lose IQ points, uh, which is upsetting to watch. But I mean, I still love Britta even when she stops being season one and two Britta. They, uh, they, they take her on, uh, on a very interesting, uh, trajectory throughout, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, all of these seasons. Her levels of competency vary pretty wildly from, from episode to episode. Yeah, and um, it's, like, the seeds are kind of there in the first episode where she, like, just has no idea what Jeff is saying when he speaks Spanish to her, and it, like, works immediately on her, um, so it's, like, you could argue, well, she was always kind of, she always kind of had those aspects to her character, but, yeah, I kind of miss this, like, goofier more sardonic like she's like smarter but she also is like i don't know almost like liz lemon like to me where it's like she's a smart person but she has moments of ignorance i guess is a good word for it or blind spots in her um intelligence perhaps a bit of a a short-sightedness as a as a character that uh keeps her from uh achieving more and holding her back all right so uh team brita excellent yes excellent pick uh no biases from me uh any 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 of your other uh your big standouts um yeah i would say um i've i uh as someone who like always gravitates towards female characters like to me shirley and annie are also just great characters to me um like i feel like um this is a rough episode or comparative religion is a rough episode for shirley if you don't like shirley and it's a great episode for Shirley if you love Shirley. And fortunately, I'm in the latter camp. So everything she, everything Yvette does in this episode just cracks me up. Um, Why do you hate me and Jesus? <laughs> like, she's so hilarious in this episode. And I feel bad. For, I understand why people would have um, a tough time with it if they have if they know people like that in real life who um like don't maybe say it in a nicer way or maybe it's not couched in funny comedy writing so it feels more hurtful to hear on your tv for 22 minutes but (laughs) i don't know to me it's like i mean i grew up in rural illinois i know those kind of people but i don't know i can just i just love shirley and you can tell it's coming from 
I don't know. You can like see why she is saying those things and you can still have still have sympathy for her as a person. Um, but I can't begrudge people for um, having an adverse reaction to it for personal reasons. Um, yeah, it's I, understandable, but I am with you in being uh, largely pro Shirley. Right. Um, yeah. And then Annie, I just yeah, I love Alison Brie. Just what a find. I think for the show, I've never watched Glow, but um, I oh, just she's yeah. great. Still yeah, I would good. assume so because she's just so. I feel like her and uh, Gillian or Jillian are like. I think they've said they weren't like super like comedic actors at that point. Um, yeah, Gillian like, had basically just done like indie dramas about heroin addiction, right? And Allison Brie was just like the. 50th in... most important character on Mad Men. Right, uh, exactly. So they get drafted over here and prove to be uh, incredible comedic actors, but uh, right. you wouldn't you wouldn't have guessed. Yeah, exactly. And of course, you have that um, a veteran. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. I think Annie is just a great character. I feel like she's definitely one of the most consistent characters of the show. I feel like unlike Britta, where I feel like they were obviously doing a lot of tinkering with her. Um, to get her to, I guess, be more likable. Generally, Annie, I feel like, is just like a fully formed character from the jump, which is interesting given she's the last study group member we see on screen, if I remember correctly, in the pilot. Because I think everyone else gets like an intro shot for when the dean is giving his speech, but she's the only one we don't see, and we only see her first at like the study group table. Um, but yeah, I think she's just a good character to watch kind of grow naturally. Uh, over the seasons uh, yeah, yeah so i love those three um i feel like the only character i don't love probably is pierce but that's just because um i don't know it's like no that's that's pretty common but i mean even I think. yeah and it's like it's hard to uh divorce pierce from chevy chase knowing chevy like did not like being on the show from what we can tell um yeah so, so it's hard to like watch him just be on the show and you think to yourself like why what was his problem they were giving him some great stuff to do i mean i think he just was mad he wasn't jeff <laughs> like yeah i think uh his problem was that he is chevy chase uh and uh and he uh, has always been a very unhappy man who is very difficult to work with and that did not get better on a long enough timeline yeah. Uh, and given everything that we know now, it's uh, it's uh, understandable why increasingly through season uh, three, they start putting Pierce on his own alone more yeah. and more <laughs> and more. Right. Um, and uh, he didn't like feeling like the buffoon. He wanted to feel cool, like he was still playing Fletch. But yeah. my man, that was 20 years ago, 30 years ago uh, when they were making this show. Right. Just, it wasn't it wasn't wasn't meant to be i'm afraid but season one pierce like at the stage where we just rewatch these episodes mm-hmm. is still really good and yeah. feels like a good cohesive part of this show uh and later uh, less so yeah I would, it's a shame that they start like coordinating him off by himself because it's like i feel like pierce really shines when he gets to be a father figure for jeff or he gets to be i guess a father figure for annie but uh to a different degree um even his like uncomfortable interactions with Shirley, I feel like they have some great moments like his teaching her to give great speeches about brownies. Like um, Pierce has great. He's like a good 
spice to add to the mix, but he's not necessarily something you want to eat by itself. Yeah. Uh, and there, there aren't, to my recollection, a tremendous number of episodes where Pierce is the uh, focal character or even like Jeff's second. Because uh, especially through season one, it's like Jeff is first and then there is the next character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Pierce sort of feels that way. Yeah, he starts in this uh, sort of uh, patriarchal role and then he just becomes a uh, dark future for what our characters, <laughs> especially Jeff, could become if they don't uh, uh, wise up and change their ways. Right, a ghost of future past, yeah, which, I mean, uh, is interesting to me, um, but I'm sure he, for his ego, didn't enjoy being that that dark mirror for the characters. No. Uh, well, that is, uh, that is excellent. Uh, uh, can you uh, tell the fine folks listening... Uh, what you're up to and where uh, the people can find you uh, if they want to see more. Oh, uh, yeah, I am Rain Derex on Twitter, uh, R-E-I-N-D-E-E-R-E-K-S, like Reindeer and then E-K-S at the end uh, on Twitter. Um, yeah, and I'm also on Bitter Jurors. Uh, like we said, it's a podcast with my friend Sam where we talk about Survivor um, and we dip into RuPaul's Drag Race sometimes at the end of our episodes because we're two uh, gay men in our 20s. And so it's like our <laughs> contract- contractual obligation to talk about it. Um, but yeah, you can find us at Bitterger's Pod on Twitter. Uh, so yeah, that's where you can find me. Excellent. Uh, any uh, parting thoughts for the people or uh, hot community takes you want to lay down and then run out the door? Um, I guess ships would be an interesting uh, thing to tackle. <laughs> um, whereas, I don't know, I've never been a shipping person. Like, it's never my priority when I watch something or partake in any sort of media, um, especially when it's straight people involved. Uh, it's hard to get me to care. Uh, but I will say I am a big proponent of uh, Jeff and Britta. To me, these two characters feel like they were made for each other. They're just two horrible people who should be horrible together. I uh, I love it. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I love that ship. Thank you uh, for, for uh, being on the Jeff Britta train. It just makes sense. Yeah, it just <laughs> feels correct. <laughs> it just feels right. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Jeff. Any stands that I keep bringing on people that are not <laughs> into that pair? Yeah, I mean, just, I don't know. It's sort hard of to, happens. It's hard to push it. It's like it's hard when the show itself even tells you Annie is too young to be doing this with. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to put that aside. And also, I just feel like, well, do you want Annie to be with Jeff? Like, what does Annie gain from that <laughs> relationship? Does Annie deserve better? She absolutely. Does I like Jeff, better. but like, doesn't Annie deserve better? She really does. She does deserve a to be in a relationship with a woman. Is what we're trying to get at. That's what we're trying to get at. <laughs> like maybe it should be Annie and Britta. I don't know. Yeah, uh, and once again, Annie deserves better. Annie <laughs> I mean, deserves I love, better. I love Britta, but it's like I just think Britta and Jeff—they're two uh, bad people and. They deserve to be in love with each other and be bad people together. To me, <laughs> and deserve someone of competence and and, yes. <laughs> and some some sense of uh, class or put yeah. together to some significant degree. Yeah, hopefully someone a little more in her age bracket or I don't know, <laughs> someone where there's not as much of a power imbalance. I would say it's okay. I don't I don't want to. Uh, 
week after week continue to yeah. to slam uh, the the Jeff and Annie people because according to right. the poll I just ran, they are the overwhelming majority. Oh no! Um, I mean, yeah, no hate. Overwhelming. Like, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm not a huge shipping person, so I'm just like. Maybe they're looking. They're seeing something in it that uh, maybe I'm not, who, as someone who's like never invested in romantic relationships on TV to that extent. Unless you're Jane and Brad from Happy Endings, in which case I'm very invested in their relationship. But um, but they were already together. Exactly. I find like I um, like the couples that are already together, like um, um, Firefly. Now, um, yes, Zoe uh, and Wash. Huge yes, exactly. into Zoe and Wash. I was uh, now this show uh, has. Uh, aged like a turd in the sunshine but how yeah. i met your mother i was very into marshall and lily right uh yeah. you know i i liked i was invested in couples that already existed and as far as the single people you know they can they can do whatever they want i, I care less about that exactly agree i'm glad we were on the same page <laughs> uh so let that be our ultimate uh community thought is that yes. uh brad and jane from happy ending should stay together absolutely <laughs> This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show.